Ricky Baker, you are 13 years old. You're a teenager, your heart is made of gold. Ricky Baker, happy birthday. Once rejected, now accepted by me. And Livia, we're trifecta. Ricky Baker, oh, 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 Ricky Baker, oh. Welcome to Flyover Film Country. I'm Olivia Clement. And I'm Isaac Sims. And today we are covering Taika Waititi's Hunt for the Wilder People. Or, yeah, Wilder People, I guess. His best movie? Question mark? Question mark. We'll talk about that later. To be discussed, yeah. To be discussed. TBD. Um, Flyover Film Country is a podcast that covers movies and TV set in places I've forgotten by Hollywood. Can't forget it. Can't forget it. Can't forget it. Gotta mention it. Gotta mention it. You just gotta. Um, how how did that? How did uh my cover of Ricky Baker compare to uh, Cocaine Bear, Olivia? Oh man, that's a good question. I I think this was better because there weren't other people also kind of half into it, and <laughs> yeah, mostly me. Uh, so and it's just us today. We it, we have to it's mention just yeah. us today. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, yeah, like so I think days. it was better. Man, the old days. Yeah, so. it was. It's a, it's a little less. Inv- I spent quite a bit of time um, at work writing Cocaine Bear <laughs> and the lyrics. So this was more of a. Well, in this movie is a Sims Family staple. So I know the <laughs> words to that little ditty off the top of my head because <laughs> my whole family sings it to themselves. That's really um, funny. So I didn't have to do any preparation. I love that. I love that yeah. so much. Thanks. Before we and started, it's such a sweet song. Yeah. Before we started recording, Isaac was like, all right, we're going to record here in a second. And then he grabs his guitar. And I go, what is that for? Because <laughs> he did not I tell said, me you'll that's, see, that's you'll what we were see. doing. Yep. And so here we are. I hope you all enjoyed it. I did. Full, full track coming soon. I actually uh, can't remember. There's like a, there's like a, uh, a major... There's like a major note shift that I totally didn't hit, but wow. um, I think it How was serviceable. That's that's more like my my rendition, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, when is our our cover album coming out? I feel like we've done a few over the years, and at some point, I think we need to release the album. Um, I I don't I don't know, okay. but you know uh, you know Walter's like very musically talented, and he's right. got a lot of editing and producing skills and yeah. there's a studio in conway we could all meet at and you I'll know just, I, I'll I think bring we everyone just coffee or tea i guess tea is better for your throat than coffee well you could be a producer that sounds really cool yeah let's mm-hmm. do that i want to be a producer yep you got the knobs you got the so sliders you know I'm just gonna touch things until something happens yep so so true um, kind of like, kind of like Hector and Ricky right. <laughs> in this movie. <laughs> He's not a molester. <laughs> um, do we want to talk, talk about yellow jackets real quick? Yeah, let's, let's hit on yellow jackets. 
full disclosure, I have not watched the finale yet, so oh, no spoilies. Okay. okay. No spoilies. Kind of, yeah, walk us through our original schedule. Yeah, so, well, so this was put, this episode was supposed to come out a couple weeks ago. Um, it didn't because our lives are busy because we are adults with lots of things going on. And so, so that's, that's why that episode didn't come out or this episode didn't come out a couple weeks ago. And we ended up releasing the Spider-Man episode beforehand. Um, also this was originally supposed to be an episode covering Yellow Jackets season two because Isaac and I loved season one. Loved it. And with season two, it, it just wasn't quite hitting the same way season one was. Um, I think I have better feelings about season two than you do, like more positive feelings. Although I like reading your thoughts on it, I totally understand what you're saying and and why you feel that way. So, um, yeah, let's start with your thoughts and yeah, yeah, we're just going to hit on our thoughts on it real quick. Um, it won't take super long and then we'll, we'll go back to the movie. Right. Yeah. Not this, this episode is about hunt for the wilder people. Um, something we both collectively enjoyed a lot more than season two of yellow jackets. Yellow jackets was on this late because, Season one was, v- like, very good. Yeah. Like, took every episode kind of went in a different direction. It was interesting, and the performances performances were really good. I can't talk today. Um, so I felt like it was riveting. I felt like it was perfectly paced. Um, what, what do you think, um, and I don't want to get into the specifics, just in case people are interested in watching Yellow Jackets, but... Um, and the reason we're even mentioning this at the top before we like get into like our main topic of discussion is because we do want to highlight like other things that are happening. Like if we're not able to talk about them, Mm -hmm. um, like especially in TV, like Michael Shannon's been in and Jessica Chastain was in George and Tammy Mm -hmm. and I still want to get there because I like country music quite a bit. Um, that's on Showtime. Um, Michael Jackson or Michael Shannon was in. Waco, the aftermath, which mm-hmm. is very, it's about like the, uh, yeah. Aftermath like, of Waco. The aftermath of Waco. Like, yeah. The amazing. Crazy. Did you watch Waco? Waco? No, but Jess okay. did. And she loved it. It was really good. There's a lot we can't cover. That's like just right up our alley. And yeah. I guess that's the point we're trying to make. But what do you think was like the main issue with season two of yellow jackets? I think, I think pacing was the main issue. It was like, the first two episodes, I think, started out really strong. Agreed. Like, the whole, like, the end of the first episode, I was like, oh, my gosh. And then the second episode, I was like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, like, it yeah, was just for sure. horrific. Like, I watched that episode late at night, and I was like, I can't go to bed like that. That No, I've got to watch something else to, like, calm me down. It, it was, like, just horrific. And, mm-hmm. and the way they did it was, like, just incredible. But I feel like after that, it it just, it was really slow. Like, my my roommate also watches it, and so we would we would be watching it, and talking about it, and like that was that was good, and I enjoyed doing that. Um, and the, every time we were like, this this is horrible. Like the sh- like the things that they're talking about and they're doing are just horrible. Like it's just awful stuff. The show itself, like it was fine. It's something I talked about with my brother. It's like it's just slow, season two. Yep. 
And I think at this point, now that we know all the, the characters and all the players, like I'm sure there's someone else that's going to pop up in the next season that we don't know. But I think it should should move a little faster. Yep. So. I, I, I agree. Um, and this isn't really as much of a spoiler because we knew from the um, trailers that Elijah Wood was going to play right. a prominent role in this um, season. Do you... I, I really feel like Elijah Wood was pretty wasted. Um, and that could be, that could be because they, it's po- it's very possible that they built the um, production schedule around his schedule. Um, that's kind of because he would show up and then kind of disappear. And he wasn't like as a consistent player throughout as the other characters mm-hmm. um, in present day. And so I think he's very good but also like i i don't know did uh, did you have that thought or did you did you enjoy him like in this in the show here's my thing about elijah wood and this is also my thing about daniel radcliffe both were in obviously huge major franchises when they were younger both have played absolute weirdos ever since um like every character they've played has been such a weird character and so I think, like, I think he played his character well. Um, and I don't know how it, it all wraps up, so I don't know if I can, like, fully say if his, his role was wasted or not fully yet. Um, yeah. But I do think... And, and you, may, you may feel differently about that yeah. once you watch the finale, so... Yeah, and so I don't, I don't know... Not, not necessarily the way that I feel, but, like, you may be like, no, I liked it, so... Yeah. So, but you have a note that says he was a good pairing with uh, Christina Ricci, and I think, um, I think that they was were a good pairing. Yeah, they were great. I was like, I want to see these two weirdos. Like, just what happens? Like, what are they? What are they gonna do? Yeah. Um. So yeah, I think that if they had more screen time together, that would have been cool. Yep, that's that's about what you know the amount of time that I felt like I wanted to allocate to the show. I want people to check it out if they like it because it's very like starts very nineties or like mm-hmm. the, uh, the stuff in the past is very nineties and very like kids doing terrible things in mm-hmm. the woods after uh crash landing there. Um, but yeah, I do have one question for you before we, we move away from this. Yeah. When I was watching it, and knowing that you, because like we we hadn't really fully talked about it, like this is probably the most we've talked about it yep. about season two. So, but kind of like hearing your thoughts as we were going throughout the season two, I was wondering if it's like a similar. And I may have said this to you already, but I don't know. Is it a similar experience to like watching Stranger Things, where it's just like the first season was really good, there was a lot of mystery, or you're intrigued and like kind of on the edge of your seat of like what's going to happen next, and then once kind of all the players were set and season two came, it was just like, what are we doing? Yes. Yes. And I want, and then that's why I just wonder, I just, and like, I really don't want to, I want to give credit to like, to everyone involved, the directors, Karen Kusama, I think directed mm-hmm. the pilot and then a bunch of episodes in this season. I love Karen Kusama's movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I check me on this. I'm pretty sure she'd made a movie called destroyer with Nicole Kidman where Nicole Kidman is unrecognizable and I love that movie. I love it so much. It's one of my favorites. Um, and so I want to give credit to everyone involved, but it really felt like 
there was no single two or three people or, or sorry, one to two people um, who were making like bold decisions because in season one, it felt like there was, there were shocking things that happened, like the unspeakable thing that we aren't spoiling at the yeah. end of se- episode two of this season. Mm-hmm. It felt like there was something like that happening every episode of season one. And that's just a, cr- that's a critical thing that's very difficult to pull off. But mm-hmm. also, you and I have watched Barry in mm-hmm. succession. And those are the two key ones that come to mind. But another one from last year for me is The Bear. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, it is possible to make every single episode of Banger. And the expectations are kind of set whenever you have a really strong first season. So that's, mm-hmm. my, that's my whole kind of... You just felt disappointed. Issue with it. Yeah. Yeah. And and I guess to answer your question, yes, with Stranger Things, I feel like it did go downhill a little bit, but mm-hmm. I feel like even Stranger Things had a stronger Second run. season. Yeah. Than, than Yellow Jackets. So. True. Yeah. No, I was just curious about that. Um, the director that you're talking about, she did direct Destroyer. She also directed Jennifer's Body. Mm-hmm. Yep. Have you seen that? No, but I, 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 I need to. It. Yeah. So it's a cult classic now. It is. It, yeah. I think it was actually, I know a lot of people who watched it when it came out and loved it. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, you should check it out. It might pass the Bechdel test. <laughs> um, you want to jump to wilder people? Yeah, let's jump to wilder people. Um, what, before we start, I have a question. Have you ever taken notes throughout an entire movie? I have. That we've covered. I have, it's only, I only do that whenever it's a movie I've seen. Okay. So just cause I think that if I try to do that on a first watch for a movie, then I'm going to like lose sight of the movie and I kind of just want to experience it as a whole. Like I try to like take mental notes as best I can as I'm watching because I want to, you know, remember certain things and be like, this is something I like we want we should talk about or I want to bring up. Um, so, like, when we covered Lady Bird, I was taking notes while I was watching mm-hmm. that movie because I've seen it before. I, I've i seen it, like, multiple times. So, like, that was something that I take notes on. This one, I, I didn't because it was a first watch for me. Gotcha. Yep. So. This, this, I've seen this movie probably five times. Okay. Um, that feels a like a lot for you. Yep. My, it's funny because my, um recently my mom has been watching a lot of movies because uh, she has a lot of um, not she she does have a lot of time but then she also she just is very de- she's like me she's very decisive like oh that sounds interesting and I have time tonight so I'm just gonna watch it and okay. um, so this was a, during a period I guess this came out in 2016 2013 16 16 um and she she just found out about it, and she was like, "Hey, we should watch this movie tonight." And I was she was the one who introduced it to my whole family. Um, wow, look at Tamara. Yeah, Tamara. Yeah, and then she also like way before the Oscars, you know, the whole two Leslie controversy. This year. Yes. Yes. With Andrea Riseborough. Yes. Yeah. 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 Like yeah. three months before the Oscars, she's like, "I watched an amazing movie called Two Leslie with Andrea Riseborough," and I was like, "Oh, cool, cool." And then she got nominated for it. I was like, "My mom is like, your mom way is the, the, the only game. person who's on that train because no one else yeah. has seen that movie." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Also, um, I really like your impression funny. of your mom. Is that's I don't feel like that's how she actually talks. 
Is that uh, what she does? Oh, really? No, no, I've, I mine. have talked to your mom one time, and it was at your wedding. So, yep. it's been a yep. hot minute. It, it has been. No, she she doesn't. She doesn't really talk like that, but she's very, like, particular and, like, chooses her words very carefully. So, I guess that's, that's what I'm trying to reflect. Um, but, yes, I took notes all throughout this movie. I love that. Great. So, you're going to lead us on this one, I'm assuming. Uh-huh. It's a Sims family staple. So, we'll... And this is actually, like, flyover country. This is a very natural movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and by natural, I mean, like, it's very green. And you get to see, like, New Zealand and it's raw unfiltered kind of jungle greatness Mm -hmm. there's some amazing shots um so and then it's divided up into chapters so the first chapter is a real bad egg this is where ricky baker our uh protagonist played by julian dennison i believe Mm -hmm. um goes to stay with bella and hector faulkner and um Hector is played by Sam Neill, and Bella is played by Rima T. Wata. Yes, that's not it. That cannot be it. We're really it good be. at our podcasting. But we're we're Americans, so you'll have to excuse us. Um, was uh, had you seen was Deadpool two the first time you saw Julian Dennison? Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. I'm yeah. pretty sure I'm going to look at his, but I'm pretty sure I looked at it the other day when I was watching this movie and it was the first thing. He's a great, he's a great actor. He was in a commercial that Taika Waititi shot and then that he pulled him into hunt for the wilder people when they were ready to shoot it. Oh, that's um, cool. pretty cool. Hunt for the wilder people was, and it may, I think it still is the highest grossing film in New Zealand. Wow. The, like, like native to New Zealand. Yeah. So, um, so that's cool. It was very popular whenever it came out. And um, Sam Neill and Julian Dennison had incredible chemistry. Oh, and yeah. The interviews that they had together, they're so cute. And you can tell that, like, Sam Neill really loves it. <laughs> they're mm-hmm. just, like, talking and going back and forth. So Because he was 12 when they started shooting and 13 when they finished. So, okay. yeah. Um, nice. Iconic. And then uh, I don't know her name, but the 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 other big uh, main character that we're introduced to is uh, child services, the child services officer, Paula. and she has this line. She says, "He's a real bad egg. If you've seen his file, you know that for yourself. He's got disobedience, stealing, spitting, running away, throwing rocks, kicking stuff, defacing stuff, burning stuff, <laughs> loitering, and graffiti. And that's just the stuff we know about." <laughs> Yeah, that character's name is Paula. She's played by Rachel House. Um, yeah. The the way she delivers her lines in this film are so funny. <laughs> She's they're just, so funny. They're they're like pointed is not the right word, but they're they're just this direct. I guess is what I'm trying. That's the word I'm looking for. Just so direct, but also just matter of fact, and it's it's just hilarious. Like it's, it's so amazing. Funny. Yeah. She, uh, I mean, it's kind of, Sam Neill really functions as a foil, um, and, and, and kind of like a, a draw, um, because obviously of Jurassic Park fame. Sure. But, he was in but Jurassic Julian Park. Dennison, huh? I'm just kidding. I said he was in Jurassic Park. Okay. There's real quick. There's a, um, ongoing bit on <laughs> the big picture where Chris Ryan and Sean Fennessy can't remember what 
happens in which Jurassic Park, and it's really funny. <laughs> and recently, they like miss they misspoke and said that like the things that happened in two are actually in three, and oh. it's just like kind of cemented that joke because they're like, what happens in Fallen Kingdom? And they're because that's like one of the newer mm-hmm. ones. So have you kept up with those? No, no, me neither. Because he no. came back in Dominion, Sam Neil. Yeah, I. I think I only know one person, and it was actually, I discovered that this person's seen this movie, um, like, last night? A couple days ago? Anyway, um, I only know one person who's actually watched all three, and he said he really enjoyed them, but every, like, all the reviews I saw for the last one were not, were not good. Yep. Even with the, the old crew, the OGs coming back. The OGs coming back. Which is really disappointing, because I love Sam Neill. And Laura Dern and Jeff Goldblum. So, mm-hmm. so anyway. good. We did watch the original recently and still oh, goes man. really, really hard. It's so the original good. is so good. Mm-hmm. Iconic. Yeah, it really is. I have the score on my like score playlist. It's every yeah. time it comes on, I'm like, yes, let's go. John Williams in his bag. Yeah. Anyway, we're yep. talking about Hunt for Wilder People. Also, but Sam Neill. Sam Neill. That's true. Um, Rachel House, who plays Paula, did you know she was in uh, Moana and Ragnar- Thor Ragnarok? I didn't know she was in Moana, but I knew she was in Ragnarok. That's yeah, cool. Yeah, I didn't realize that was her in Ragnarok until I saw it just now, and I was like, yep. oh, yeah. Because so. I think somehow I saw Hunt before Ragnarok, and I was like, oh, this is so cool. He Because, like, Sam Neill makes an, a cameo as, like odin but mm-hmm. it's in, in a play mm-hmm. i was like oh that's him and then i saw obviously paula Patton kind of like plays a big role or um rachel house plays a big role as like um jeff goldblum's henchman yeah um so and it's pretty funny in yeah. that too so i really i i love that about like when directors do stuff like that um or like whoever's producing like brings on people that they like work with a lot even if it's for a small role like um my mom and I growing up, like when I was growing up, we would always talk about that with like Adam Sandler. Um, Mm -hmm. every movie he's in, he's got the set crew of guys that like are his buddies that he has in almost every single movie. And I'm just like, man, I want like, I want this to be like that. If I ever, for whatever reason, decided to get into this industry, that's something that I would do. So he's make, he's having fun with all the Netflix movies he's making. Cause it's like, he's just doing crazy stuff and then he pulls in like his his like you're saying like his friends and his family is like they're going on really great trips like mystery what is it mystery date or i don't even know what is the the, one with jennifer Jennifer aniston i can't remember um i don't know mystery night (laughs) i can't i'm killing myself let's see no, um, not Drew Barrymore. You silly goose. Google. No, the Gen- Jennifer Aniston. No, I, no, they're I, on Netflix. I know what you're talking. Murder oh, mystery gotcha. is what it's called. Murder I, mystery night. I typed in Adam Sandler and and I thought it said Jennifer Aniston and I accidentally clicked on Drew Barrymore. So I was oh, talking gotcha. to myself out loud. Yeah, might be. Uh, yeah, murder yeah. mystery and murder mystery too. Um, he's also they're also in a movie called Just Go With It that my like family actually loves so nice anyway. insane man yeah people are very divided on him love him i, I love him i, I love think he's him great too. i do too 
Um, I can forgive his filmography being mixed because he's like an icon. He's you an know? icon. Hey, look, we're both drinking out of our flower film country box. Look at that. Let's do it. This is a great pod. Um, there, there are lots of like really cool little things. I don't know if you picked up on them, but, um, Bella is so sweet to Ricky. Mm-hmm. Um, she calls him pedal. Did uh-huh. you catch that? Yeah. Just a cute little, little nickname. Yeah. Like little New Zealand isms that are kind of woven into the script that are very natural. And you're kind of like, Oh, that's cool. Like, I understand mm-hmm. that. Um, giving a bottle, um, was like a, like a, something warming pad mm-hmm. or a warming jug that's like heated up for bedtime. And then his first night there, she's so sweet to him, but also, like, not patronizing, which I thought yeah, was cool. Yeah, Um, She said, like, here, I got I got you a knife here so you can kill some monsters. And that, like, wins his trust in a big way. Mm-hmm. Um, they call, they use hectares instead of acres out there. And so uh-huh. he's like, and, and that's, I just know that because, like, I'm a, a geography student. And he's <laughs> He like tries to escape the first night and falls asleep like 200 yards from the house and she finds him. <laughs> Which that would be me. If I were, if I were in that situation and decided I was going to run away, I would make it 200 yards at best. That's that's he, the length of two football fields. I don't know if I'd make it that far. Was that was that the night he she finds him and he has his like hoodie zipped up yes. all the way over his face. It's yeah. so funny. So, hold on. Did we ever actually explain the plot of this movie? No. Okay. Thank we sh- you. We should probably do that. I just realized we just we just went right in, yeah. which is great. Like, but we're, as we're known to do, as we're known to do, clearly. Yeah. So here is IMDb's synopsis of this movie: A national manhunt is ordered for rebellious kid and his foster uncle who go missing in the wild New Zealand bush. Um. And so, uncle is is interesting. Like, it, technically, I guess it's his foster parent, but mm-hmm. um, Bella, Bella and Heck, who taken Ricky, specifically Bella, not Heck. Heck is uh, not interested Heck doesn't at want all. To, yeah. Um, but Bella says that Ricky can call Heck Uncle Heck, and he doesn't at first, and then he starts calling him Uncle throughout the the movie and it's really sweet but he doesn't want him to call him uncle right yeah heck Heck does not want to be called uncle um so then eventually he gets there so yeah it's really sweet um and he uh so he and so some other funny things kind of like in this first the first chapter is real bad egg as we mentioned the song is so iconic it's on it's played on this little uh like harpsichord keyboard thing and mm-hmm. I, I don't really know it's it, i think it's like a uh like an accordion but they're not like it's like a, an accordion keyboard that's like a foot and a half long it's so funny um bella has this like really tough side she guts a pig and it freaks out um, yes it freaks out ricky <laughs> ricky and uh ricky and it, it's cool because it's like these really clever things in the script and um Apparently, the source material, the book that this is based on, is like very dark. Um, oh, really? And Taika Waititi is very whimsical, and mm-hmm. it's cool how he like he really built it around the main actors or the main performers. Takes advantage of Julian Dennison being young and 
impressionable and also like acting tough, but like actually very scared Mm -hmm. and very insecure at being an orphan. And so when she kills the pig, he just like freaks out. It's like, like little, a little traumatizing, but also Mm -hmm. like it's kind of the way of their life on the farm. Which, I mean, that's how a lot of kids in foster care have to be. Like they have to, to Mm -hmm. be tough and they try to act tough and act like, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't bother me that I'm having to bounce from house to house. Like, that's fine. I don't need anyone. And so it's, it's a protective measure. And so, I mean, I see that not necessarily, I don't work with foster kids very often, um, if at all, but, uh, whenever I have certain kids come in for like therapy, they all, they act like super tough. And so, so it's like, trying to pierce that sh- like defense that they have that shield that they've got up. Um, mm-hmm. and it's, it's tough. Like it's really tough to do that. And so, um, you know, so Bella, Bella does that like effortlessly and sh- it's, she's not trying hard either. And I think that's really important for like kids is like, I think sometimes adults try way too hard to like be their friend mm-hmm. and they don't like kids don't need a f- another friend I mean, sometimes they need friends, but like what they really need is an adult who is going to provide security and support and comfort and care for them. Not, not a buddy mm-hmm. to like play video games with. Right. Um, so. Yeah. As, and we've seen some, uh, other foster homes and reservation dogs. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Run um, by Mark Mer. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <sighs> That's a really funny episode. Yeah. Season Go watch Reservation coming Dogs. Out. Yeah, season three is coming out in August. You better believe we'll be covering it. Yeah, we will. Um, so, really excited about that. But yeah. Yeah, so, like, I don't know. I think that's just, like, really cool how Bella doesn't try hard and, and you know, attunes to his needs without being patronizing, which yep. I think that sometimes happens. Yep. Things are going great. And then really, really unexpectedly and very sadly, which you can tell that, you know, you see kind of splashes or uh, echoes of this later on with uh, Jojo Rabbit. Sorry, Mm -hmm. brain fart. Um, Very sad when Bella dies unexpectedly. I don't think they ever say why, but I think it's insinuated that it's something heart related. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you cut very quickly to the funeral mm-hmm. this in this movie set up very it's like he arrives they have a great time bella dies they go into the bush and they're in the bush for the rest of the movie that's like really mm-hmm. while evading people that's like really the structure for the movie it's very simple and very effective setup what what do you think about the funeral scene oh my god where taika waititi is playing the, the priest priest or bishop yeah, the minister or whatever um it was it was great i like i think it's great when when taika watiti is more in like the director role i think this is probably like the biggest of all of his movies that i've seen this is maybe the one time where he isn't in it almost the whole time you know because like in what we do in the shadows he's one of the main characters in thor ragnarok and love and thunder he plays one of the main characters um, but he's he's voicing the character as opposed to like 
actually physically being on screen. Jojo Rabbit, he plays Hitler. So, like, this is the one time where I think he's doing, like, like a bit as opposed to, like, a main character. And I, I really liked that, I think, better for yeah. him. Yeah. Not to say I and don't don't like... Because I think in what we did He's just Shadows, a, such a strong, distinct presence that, like, a, yeah. a movie really only... Unless it's like what we do in the shadows mm-hmm. where it's like everybody is just being stupid the whole time right. or, or like, or being goofy the whole time. You really don't need, like this is too understated. And so I think he played it perfectly. He's like, I'm going to be the Bishop and that's going to be it. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. So. Um, so I do, I do love that. Uh, I, I think it's, Taika Waititi is a really interesting person to me because I think like, He's gotten so popular mm-hmm. and, and and for like like not not to say that he shouldn't be because um he's directed two big superhero movies. He um you know Jojo Rabbit got a lot of love during award season. And so mm-hmm. like he he should like I, he should be popular. He also has directed some episodes for Mandalorian and has been in The Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. And so, but yeah, like I think he just has a, such a distinct presence on screen because he's super charismatic. Yep. And I think like that works for him, especially in like what we do in the shadows and when he plays Hitler and Jojo Rabbit. Like I, I really think he was so funny in that. Um, but I think in a movie like Hunt for Wilder People, it's such a sweet movie that not to say that I, I don't think he can do that. But when he showed up, I was like, okay, we're going to take a turn here, like something. And so I was, I was glad that it was only just like for that, that scene as opposed to the whole movie. Because I was yep. like, how is he going to be in this movie the whole time? Because he's not as understated as Paula Patton playing, or, or yeah, he's not, I keep searching them. Uh, he's not as understated as Rachel House. And that's why right. Rachel House is so funny because it's like this very calm sort of like, even though there's a huge manhunt in the whole mm-hmm. <laughs> the military is like chasing them it's so funny yeah Um, something yeah it's not an outrageous movie right yeah and something that i i think it was when i was reading tina fey's bossy pants book is she she talks about how like when she was on snl amy poehler could like kind of switch in and out of any role and just kind of like like fade into the that role and you wouldn't even like it's not amy poehler you know it's amy it's it's hillary clinton or whoever she's playing right and Mm -hmm. tina fey is like i feel like i can't do that my face is too distinct um she like talked about her nose and i feel like in a similar way not because like taika watiti's face is just so distinct but like i i feel like that's a similar thing between him if we're comparing him and like rachel house like rachel house can kind of like like fade into any role and it's like yeah that that is a you know, someone who works for DHS, that, that, that mm-hmm. is a DHS worker, or that is a henchman for this weird, it, on a trash being. planet. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Whereas when, when Taika Waititi shows up, it's like, Oh, there's, there's Taika Waititi. Mm-hmm. Um, um, the so. funeral scene, this, uh, I laugh so hard at this scene. Uh, <laughs> Taika Waititi says, you know, there's like, I think the overarching cross starts playing after his little homily, but this mm-hmm. this is like the greatest homily ever. You know, sometimes in life it seems like there's no way out, like a sheep trapped in a maze designed by wolves. <laughs> that's like one of the greatest things ever. 
You know that if you're ever in that situation, there are always two doors to choose from. Through the first door, oh, it's easy to get through that door, and on the other side, waiting for you, all the nummiest treats you could imagine. <laughs> Fanta, Doritos, LNP. I don't know what LNP is, but again, like a I think it's New a Zealand, Zealand thing. thing. Everyone will understand. Burger rings, Coke Zero. But you know what? There's also another door. Not the burger ring door, not the Fanta door. Another door that's harder to get through. Guess what's on the other side? Anyone want to take a guess? And Ricky says, vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> and the minister replies, offended. No, not vegetables. No. And then someone else in the crowd, we don't know who, says, Jesus? Jesus? He said, you would think Jesus. I thought Jesus the first time I came across that door. Not Jesus. It's another door. Guess what's on the other side of that door? And then someone else says confidently again, Jesus. And he says, Jesus. Yeah, Jesus. He's tricky like that, Jesus. So let us pray to Jesus to please make it a bit easier to get through those doors to find you and your bounty of delicious confectionery. And then the old rugged cross starts playing. It's so good. It's so funny. That's like one of the funniest scenes in the movie. Um Chapter two is then called Another Door. Um, this is where Ricky wants, he's trying to convince Heck to go into the wilderness. Heck tells him that DHS is going to c- come and take him back because he can't take care of Ricky, probably because it's like, it's not any longer a two adult home. Um, Bella is cremated. They have her ashes. Um, and then chapter three is Goodbye Ricky Baker. They go into the jungle Ricky fakes his death, which is really funny. Uh, whenever uh, Paula Patton with the uh, Child Protective Services comes and they realize that he faked his death. And then there's a lot of great things. This kicks off the um, the bush part of the movie. The hunt. And he goes to... Or no, he goes, he goes in by himself and then Hector finds him later. Right, yeah. Yeah, because he's like, I'm just going to run away, and then Heck comes in and finds him, and he's like, you're not going to survive out here. Um, and then almost immediately, Heck, like, twists his ankle. Like, I don't think he breaks it. He may have broken yeah. it, but he, like, twists his ankle really bad. Like, when yeah. it happened, I was like, oh, no. Yeah. Oh, I hate, Rick- I hate, hate watching people yeah. get injured. It sucks. Ricky was, like, taunting him, saying some mean things, and it made him, like, lunge for him, and then he tripped and, like, twisted his ankle. Mm-hmm. He says, Ricky Town, Population Ricky, which is awesome. Uh, the Looney Tunes Mirage, when he... Oh, yeah, also, Bella got him a dog named Tupac, which uh-huh. is, like, the greatest thing. Um, Heck has a dog named Zag, so the two dogs are out there in the bush with them. He thinks that... Um, Tupac is a cake and then the first time he sees Hector he thinks that Hector is a burger and they actually like did those gags it's it's really funny it's really good chapter four yeah I I wasn't expecting them to do those like gags like that and so it because he's hungry like yeah yeah, right um yeah he was it was like I mean like any almost like in any Looney Tune <clears throat> excuse me show like whenever a character is hungry they they ima- they envision so and so as whatever they're hungry for so that was funny to me i love that were you a tom and jerry slash looney tunes kid oh yeah we watch we watch those a lot um yeah we watch like boomerang a lot i loved watching those old cartoons that's one oh, of the reasons why the i best. loved animation so much um yep. so 
faux show. Faux show. Um, chapter four is Broken Foot Camp. So they're kind of mm-hmm. like, they can't move <laughs> because, uh, because Hector, he couldn't have broken his foot. Although they are out in the bush for a long time. I don't, I think that he probably just sprained it or twisted it really badly. Mm-hmm. Um, this is where they start to actually talk about, um, or Ricky talks about being in homes and like nobody cared for him um, until he got to Bella and Hector. He talked about his friend Amber who died. And it's one of these like very potent moments where and Sam Neill is really good in it because he's kind of playing it in terms of like, I have to be, I have to be gentle like in this mm-hmm. scenario, in this scene and not gruff because this kid is being vulnerable with me. It was really good. Um, it kind of pops up the the whole stuff with the it's it's a focal point, but it's more of like a undercurrent. All the things that happen with Ricky and his mom um, giving yeah. him up, yeah. so which is so sad. Like that that was really, really sweet is. that he was being vulnerable with Heck, and that, that like Heck was great with him. Like I think it would have been really easy for him to be like be a stereotypical man and be like, Oh, well, you just need to get over it or man up or whatever. But he was like really sweet and like allowed Ricky to share those things. Mm-hmm. Um, and heck eventually is like vulnerable with Ricky too. I don't think it's yeah. in that. Is it in that scene or is it later whenever he talks about how like he didn't really have anyone, but Bella, Bella didn't really have anyone either. And they, they just became their own little family. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. And he, well, and he said, you know, Bella, we couldn't have kids. It wasn't Bella's fault. It was my fault. And he kind of like, it's just really cool. Cause he hints at this life that they had together mm-hmm. and you can Im- imagine it where he was in jail and then he got out and he was like, obviously having a hard time because he accidentally killed someone in a bar fight and how much Bella meant to him because he he was a reject. He couldn't read. He couldn't like. He's, he wasn't educated, and he was poor. And they made a life together. And he, I don't know. Sam Neill is just really good in this movie. Yeah. Well, and like I think that that's like something that we all hope for. Not to go to jail for accidentally killing someone in a bar fight, but yeah. But like someone choosing us for who we are, regardless of like all of the the mistakes and the bad things we've done, like mm-hmm. accidental manslaughter's pretty pretty bad yeah but like that doesn't i don't know i think in those moments it's like um just really sweet whenever someone chooses us for who we are at exactly where we're at um and i think that's really Mm -hmm. rare and so i think that that's something that really is really significant clearly to heck that his that that bella chose him for just who he was and and nothing more nothing less mm-hmm. yeah yeah their relationship is so sweet and you know kind of it's such a it's such a good movie and bella's loss is so uh pronounced that you kind of wish man i wish i could see an entire movie of them just yeah. like living their life together it would have been so great yeah yeah it yeah. would have been really sweet so, um, yeah. So, okay. Chapter five is just called famous because Ricky has this whole thing throughout the movie 
where he wants to be famous Mm -hmm. (laughs) and and he loves rappers. He names his dog Tupac. Um, and he finds out they're famous because they think that I think it's in this chapter that, um, yeah, it's in this chapter that they run into the hunters in the cabin. Uh They think that the state thinks that Hector kidnapped Ricky Mm -hmm. when in reality they just went into the woods. I mean, they, they, they did go into the woods to get away from DHS, um, or CPS or whatever they call it. Um, and then he, uh, they go into the little hideout that they have in the New Zealand bush. That's like a little shelter for hikers and hunters. And these other guys come in and they realize that they're the people that they've been looking, that the state's been looking for. Mm-hmm. And they ask, <laughs> they ask Ricky if he's okay and if he made him do anything and Ricky answers in a way that makes it seem like Hector was taking advantage of him and it's really funny funny. and as an adult really like oh my god no don't ever say anything like that in front of adults please so uh there are so many other ways you could have worded it (laughs) yeah I'm trying to see if I can uh pull it up but it's really oh, funny, man. and it sets up the chain of events of them actually being outlaws throughout right. the rest of the yeah uh, well, throughout the rest because of the way the that movie. Ricky says it, heck, heck hears it, he hears it immediately, as do the other adults, and heck is like, like you can see the way Sam Neill plays that scene is so great because he you can see the the like internal stress of like, oh no. He, they're going to think that I'm doing this to him. I'm not doing these things to him. Please no. stop talking, Ricky. Um, no. Man, it was just so funny. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to, I don't think I'll be able to find it, but it's a really funny moment where it, it's like a long thing where Ricky's saying, basically, he makes me do things I don't want to, but then I end up doing them. And like, <laughs> but he's talking about getting firewood and yeah. like hunting and stuff. Yeah. So it's really funny, and then and he, so he says they take their like, rifles. Yeah, he he sometimes wants us to to do it together. Sometimes yep. he wants me to just do it by myself. And <laughs> it was something it was something along those lines, which was so funny. Oh and also, gosh. kids like do talk like that sometimes, no, and that's do. why it's really funny. <laughs> no, it's it's like a in a John Mulaney's special where he's talking about his friend's kid or whatever. And the kid goes, that man has a penis. And he goes, no, stop. And he like hushes the child as if like they like had some sort of pack. And, and the mom comes in and goes, she's going through a phase where she says penis. And he's like, thank you. (laughs) Exactly. So no kids do talk like that. And it's like, um, maybe you shouldn't word it that way. Yeah. Oh, I, I love whenever they go, they look at the wanted poster on mm-hmm. the wall in the, in the shack and it says, it says here, you're Caucasian. Uh, well they got that wrong because you're obviously white. <laughs> <laughs> and you're then not, he, Ricky's you're not Asian at all. Rick, yeah. You're not Asian at all. Ricky said shit just got real when he like is cocking the gun. They take their guns, they mm-hmm. tie them up, and they... Or no, they take their guns and bolts, and they scatter them as they leave. And from then on, they are, like, true outlaws. Because those mm-hmm. hunters tell the state that they saw them, all that stuff. Um, chapter 6, Close to the Sky, they get to the place where they spread Bella's ashes on these over these waterfalls. 
that Bella told Ricky about in the first chapter of the movie where, um, where she, I think that's where she said, like, that's where she wanted to be buried. Right. right? Yeah. 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 That all people will go there and it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, it goes to Paula Patton on national television. Stop <laughs> saying like, Paula Patton. <laughs> sorry. Right. No. Yeah. No, it's child protective services. I know. Paula Patton. Her name's Paula Hall. Paula, Paula. Patton is an actor. Who, what? Yes. I thought her name was Rachel. Wait, Rachel House. House Paula. Paula Hall. Hall. Yes. Oh, okay. My Paula, bad. My bad. Paula my bad. Patton. You're right. She's in Hitch, Deja Vu, Precious, Jumping the Broom, Mission Impossible, Ghost Protocol, Two Guns, Warcraft, and Sacrifice. She was married to Robin Thicke. You keep. I. You kept saying Paula Patton, and I was like. I know, I, did, I know. I'm I sorry. I'm need sorry. to look up who Paul. No, no, no. It's it's just it's funny to me that you keep saying it, and it's absolutely not at all who you're talking about. Paula Patton is awesome, though. She is awesome. I do know who that is. Now that I'm thinking about it, um, I'm just moving fast because I know you got to take a trip here in a second. Um, we got a sp- we we got a spanner in the works. Uh, no child left behind. No child left. No behind. child left behind. No child left behind. Is that <laughs> like she is says that, it over and over? Yeah, it's so funny. I think at one point they're she's asked if it's like their their like motto or whatever, and she goes, "No, but it's mine." Hmm. Um. I got a question for you. Yes. When you get a dog, or first of all, dog cat person, dog person, dog, cat person. I like both. I think I prefer okay. dogs, but I do like cats. Like I, I'm not one of those people who are like, I hate cats. Cats are the worst. I You're, like cats. Thank you. Thank you so much because I don't like those people. Um, I really, yeah, we'll get into that later. Uh, what rapper would you name your first pet after? Oh, that's a good Cause you don't question. have a pet famously. I do not have a pet. Um, I think if I'm going to name my, Oh my goodness. That is a hard question. Um, I think the first rapper that came to mind was Lil Wayne. I don't even like Lil Wayne that much. <laughs> it's just a rolls off the tongue. It just rolls off the tongue. Lil Wayne. Top of the head. Yeah. So, or Lil I'd John. probably do. I'd have to get like a really small dog. Like I'd get like a Corgi mm-hmm. and then name him Killer Mike. Oh, that's a good one. Cause I love, I love Run the Jewels. I yeah. think, I think, uh, yeah, getting a small dog and naming naming it Killer Mike or or uh, Biggie, that would be a mm-hmm. good one too. Yep, yep. So yeah, a corgi named Biggie would be Chef's Kiss. Um, so yeah, Killer Mike cool. has a new album coming out. Did you know that? No. Yeah. I need it. I need yeah. it in my life right now. So anyway, um, I'll, I'll send you that in a little bit. Cool. So Chapter Seven: A Normal Life. Uh, this is where Ricky, okay, what happens? Ricky has to go, they get separated somehow, and he meets a family that live really close to the forest, and they have a girl. Yeah, that's whenever they find the, the park ranger who's, like, on his deathbed. Oh, yeah, 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 that's right. So Hex stays, and Ricky. That's a funny scene, because he goes... Yes, they, it was they think scary. he's dead at first. It's yeah. really funny. It was startling. Um, and he meets this girl, and uh, her parents live on a farm. Her dad is like, oh, you're Ricky Baker, the outlaw. Yes. And he's like, can I get a selfie, bro? And he takes like 20 selfies with him. It's really funny. He's like, act like you're kidnapping me. And he's like, okay, I'm going to act like I'm kidnapping you. And then uh, there are a couple... <laughs> 
a couple really cool things he says that are like very New Zealandish. Um, Koretux. He's like Koretux, like yeah. just kind of like like a little thing. They like wow. Uh, I'm gonna be buzzing on this one. Uh, Chur, my bro. Like so many cool things. Um, I forget the name of the girl. She sings a song and acoustic guitar, mm-hmm. and he. They end up going. So he wakes up and he rushes back mm-hmm. with with uh, his new friend on horseback, and they um, they call the uh, they call the police and they come and get the park ranger, and he's okay. But they're out of there by then. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So he and, and he and Heck are separated at this point again. Yes. Right. Like, yeah. Because Heck had to get out of there, or else he yes, was get he comes arrested. back and he's like, "Oh my gosh!" And then and then they're kind of wandering around. I think he, I think it's like a couple days before they find each other mm-hmm. again. So, um, chapter eight is called "The Knack." It's him hiding in the woods. It's uh, very, it's very. There's some cool things. I don't know if you knew this. Um, Taika Waititi shot this like on. They only had like one camera throughout production which I think was really cool. Oh, wow. They d- there are a couple really cool, um, just circular. They're just going around in a circle showing the, uh, like rotating the camera from one position, mm-hmm. uh, showing everything in a 360 shot. And they have people come in and out of the shot, you know, like the, the police, mm-hmm. it looks yes. like a SWAT team, like the military looking yeah. for him and then yeah. he disappears and he hides. And it's really cool. Very creative stuff. I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, um, those yeah. shots were really cool, and I thought they were really unique. I feel like you don't see shots like that very often, but it was... So they only used one camera for that? Mm-hmm. That's I awesome. think they had, like, one They had like one primary camera throughout production, and I, I don't... I, I, they had a DP and stuff, but, like, I, I just think that's a really cool yeah. decision, especially for, like, hey, we're hiking through the bush, and... You got to travel light, you know, it kind of makes sense. Yeah, no, it does make sense. Uh, I don't know if I had thought about it from that perspective, but yeah, that makes a lot of sense. But those scenes, whenever they did those scenes, like the 360 shots, those were, I I was just in all of those. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, he, Paul, Paula, I'll just say, yeah, Paula, (laughs) Paula and her assistant, who's an actual cop, uh, see Ricky across this huge gorge and they can't get to him. It's really funny. And he, she's like, Ricky, I'm like the Terminator. Uh, and then he's like, no, I'm more Terminator than you. And he said, and then she says, no, you're like, I'm the Terminator and you're Sarah Connor. But before the second one where she could do (laughs) chin-ups. Just a great little callback. It like there's so, so many great funny. little callbacks, uh, in like der- like derisive little digs that Taika Waititi is really good at writing. Um, he says to Heck, "I'd probably end up driving a st- steamroller." That's what happens to gangsters. Talking about if they got caught, mm-hmm. which is hilarious. And he's like, "What is a skucks?" And he's like, "A skucks is a gangster." Hector says, "Ricky's not a gangster." And then immediately after that, there's that really intense scene where the pig is chasing them yeah great scene like really really intense um and it kills zag hector's dog i hate that i hate hate it the whole time hate animal pain and cruelty in movies it's the worst so anyway yeah that was um that was a tough scene so great 
so tough. And, but it's cool because, it, and again, like just when you, ex- you're like, okay, I kind of have a feel for this movie. It's like, oh shoot, there's like a wild mm-hmm. boar. And you had seen the wild boars earlier because right. you get the, uh, the shot of like the knife coming up uh-huh. and it just zooms in on the knife of Bella holding it. And then she's like stabbing the pig and it's like mm-hmm. scary and Oh yeah, and Bella's like covered in covered blood in after blood, that scene, like, which is head really to funny. Toe. And she's like, "Want to help me skin it?" <laughs> and uh, Heck comes up over the like ridge or whatever, and all all you see is like the head of the boar, mm-hmm. and then you see that he's like carrying the boar on his back, which is crazy because so you know cool. that thing is like at least two hundred pounds. Yep, yep, big old pig. Big old pig. Big old boar. Boar on the floor. Chapter nine, <laughs> oh. turn of the tide. Um, there's, there's a scene. Lord of the Rings keeps coming up, Olivia. Uh, there's a scene where they're hiding, and it's shot exactly like the scene where the ring race are looking for the hobbits. And after I don't know what any of that is, means. Well, some, some of our listeners will. And uh, after, in, um, after they pass... Ricky had been trying, he had been mouthing something to Heck, and he, Heck was like, what? And then after they passed, he said, I was trying to tell you it was like Lord of the Rings, because there, it, it was shot exactly like Lord of the Rings uh, in that scene. Um, it's really good. Chapter 10 is called War, and this is where they, they finally like get caught, and they have the huge chase across the desert, mm-hmm. and it's... Very Thelma and Louise. This I was gonna is say it's like, like Thelma yeah. and Louise. It that okay? I know we talked about it whenever we we great talked callback. About, yeah, yeah. Thelma and Louise. I don't know if I realized like how many movies took inspiration oh, yeah. from that scene. Like I like we've talked about it in a couple of different movies that we've we've watched and seen. But like whenever that scene showed up, I was like, wow, that Thelma and Louise is way more influential than I have ever like realized until after I watched it. That I was like, all these movies are seriously calling back to that movie. So, yeah. Anyway. Really good. Um, what chapter do they meet Psycho Sam? Psych- oh, yeah. I kind of blew, blew through that. I think that's chapter nine. And they hide with Sam. Yeah. What were, what were some of the things I, with Psycho Sam? There was... So, I just... First of all, he's, that's another... He's, in the, he's completely by himself. Completely yeah. isolated. Yeah. That guy is played by uh, Reese Darby, who's another, another guy that kind of just shows up a lot in... Taika Waititi movies and there was hold on I gotta find it there was one scene or there was one moment where I think Ricky goes why do you think he he calls himself Psycho Sam and Sam says something along the lines of uh oh he's like I made 10 full hats for yeah us. so the government can't yeah. hear us or whatever and, and Ricky goes never mind never mind yeah so yeah. anyway, I just I thought that was really funny because I think Reese Darby plays like kind of an outlandish character a lot whenever mm-hmm. I see him pop up and stuff. And so anyway, yeah, he's that guy. Yeah. Um, when they arrest or so they have that whole chase scene and it mm-hmm. ends with a crash into like a dumpster, like a like an abandoned car lot, right? And as there, uh, this is what Jess quotes the most from. Hunt for the Wilder People. She says, the Skucks, I didn't choose the Skucks life. The Skucks life chose me. <laughs> and then, freedom! Uh-huh. Which Ricky yells as they crash through the uh, gate into the car lot. Uh-huh. 
and they're hiding and they're kind of like, uh, Hector's like, we got to give it up. Like it's, it's over. They, they caught us, whatever. And he's like, no, you can't let me go. Cause and it's like his last, his last attempt at kind of staying with him. The one mm-hmm. person that's like kind of taking care of him and that he trusts. Mm-hmm. And he's like, he starts yelling, he's molestering me. Molestering. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which like, yeah. I thought that was like watching kids kind of navigate like conflict and try and figure out how to um, verbalize their feelings. Like he felt so betrayed by Heck in that moment because Heck was like, "We've got to, we can't do this forever," which is true. Like they they could yeah. not be on the run, living on the bush, like in the bush forever. Um, like no no one could actually do that. Um, and just the sense of betrayal that Ricky had. And so I think that whenever kids feel betrayed like that, they just go to this extreme cause they know it's going to like hurt as much as they've hurt been hurt. And that's mm-hmm. like what he was trying to get at. Cause Ricky probably doesn't really even know like what happens to, or like what it's like when someone is accused of, yeah. you know, that, that kind of thing. But he knows it's bad enough, and he, like he's you know how the the hunters responded to to that you know when they were at that little stand or whatever, and so I don't know. I think that was like really great that he was he was like, well, I'm gonna betray you as much as you betrayed me, um, mm-hmm. because he can't he can't verbalize how he actually feels in that way. So yeah, I just thought it was great. They uh, they arrest Heck and they take uh, Ricky, put him in the car. When they're arresting Heck, Paula goes, "You have the right to remain silent. Anything that can be, you say can be." And then the police officer interrupts her. Is like, "We don't police in New Zealand. Don't say that. That's yeah. just an American thing." Yeah, it's really funny. It was great. Um, I laughed Got really hard at that part. The, yeah, yeah. Uh, a montage of like the court scene you find out mm-hmm. like the the family that he met the dad and the daughter um testify and say like you know he's a good kid and like um then ricky says like he didn't molester me and all that stuff um and so basically like he goes to live with the dad and the daughter heck goes to a rehab home which is amazing and i was like I need to at least shout this out because like if, if Sam Neill or heck had been involved in something like that in the United States, he would have been put in prison. Right. And there's some endings to comedies like that. Like with, well, Bottle rocket is kind of tonally very similar to this, but more serious, like the stakes and the consequences in bottle rocket because there, there's actually robbery involved. <laughs> um, and but yeah, isn't it cool? He like, yeah, you're old and, you get to go just kind of take it easy in this right. rehab home. And then he gets to leave whenever he wants. And I know it's fiction, but I, it kind of reflects what their healthcare is like to some degree. So much better than ours. Yep. So yeah. it's yeah. almost like capitalism is bad, bad question mark, question mark. Sometimes maybe who's to say, who's to say. All right. So um, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, like, what would you think about the hug at the end? He said, 
you have to call let me call you uncle that was really sweet mm-hmm. the whole it was such a sweet ending and i love that he had like he and the the dad and, and the daughter were like let's go get heck like he he wanted heck and it was so sweet and heck here's the deal heck wanted him too so um yep. I, don't know, I just think it's it's i love stories like this where it's like the gruff older man is actually just a big teddy bear on the inside and he yep. like come like just you see him soften throughout the movie and i don't know i just think it's really sweet so so good yeah and I love the conditions that Ricky had of like, you have to call me or I have to call you uncle. You have to let me call you that. And he let, he agrees to those terms, which is real sweet. Yep. So. And it kind of pans out like whenever Ricky like wants to give him a hug and then you get, you get to see their full body language, which is mm-hmm. so good. And then he goes in, he gives him a, a big old hug and then they go look for the mystical bird that they, they saw. Yeah. And Hector, Hector said, everybody thought that that was, um, that bird was extinct. And so they were going to go find it and then become famous again. And mm-hmm. it's just like the best. It's such a great comfort movie. I really, yeah. really love it. And, um, I'm really glad we got to cover it. Yeah, no, it was great. I, I really enjoyed it. I'm glad that, that we called it an audible and, and did this instead of yellow jackets. I feel better about this. I feel like if we had covered yellow jackets, it would have just been like, not complaining it's just being like ah, the it would have just been it's and it's hard to do this with tv right tv that's really good you don't have to do this like reservation dogs we don't compare it season to season because each right. season is so good right. and it's almost like an episode by episode basis where it's like yeah i didn't like this episode as much but you know as a whole right each each season is amazing um so yeah i think you're right so yeah so so i'm glad we did this because it it really is a great film it's heartwarming. There's moments of sadness, but also it's really funny and like, it's great. Like I, I highly recommend this. I'm really glad that, that you suggested this. So yep. good call. Good. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Um, I know, I know we got to log off here in a second, but we got to, I was just gonna let you know, I tallied up the, um, Oh, I'm glad flyover, you did that because I completely points. forgot yeah. about that. I, I did the flyover points ahead of time. Great. It Love came that. out, is currently in first place. Okay. It has 22 flyover points. And it's, so it's currently the uh, highest grossing flyover point or flyover film. Nice. Okay. That we've covered. Sweet. So. Well, so that I we was, know of. I don't know. We need, we to, need to go, go back, back and, and do, do the other, other ones. ones. So. Uh, what I was going to ask you earlier was we, ta- we talked about this at the top of the episode. Um, of best Taika Waititi movie question mark. So uh, this was the other thing I wanted to yeah. ask you about. So, it, so do you think that this is the best movie from him? This is number one for me. And I think, I think that like anyone who says that Ragnarok would be first would also be right. I don't think that like this is necessarily definitively better than Ragnarok because Ragnarok is such a great caper and mm-hmm. romp, you know what I mean? Sure. And so I don't, I, but I do, I do prefer this to, to Ragnarok just because it's a little, it's quieter and it's a little bit more heartfelt. And, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Those are such wildly different films. Like they're yep. like the humor is similar because of course it is. It's Taika Waititi, 
But Ragnarok is this massive, big-budget film. This is the exact opposite of that. And so I feel like it's almost hard to compare them because they're so massively different from each other. Yeah. Um, and, and also, but you, and you get to see like how he could, why Dis- Disney and Marvel were so wowed by hunt for the wilder people and got him for mm-hmm. Ragnarok because he, he has, he has the understanding of like, this is how characters need to function. These mm-hmm. are the stakes. Um, and then also it just, it, it is so funny comparing love and thunder to Ragnarok because you would think it would have done something similar because there's some very like serious, like, Oh my gosh, moments Mm -hmm. in Ragnarok too. They're both emotional or like stakes wise with, um, the, what is it called? Um, not Jotunheim, the, they're like main Asgard, like blowing, like literally being destroyed. It's like this entire people's life and what's going to come next but there are so many funny moments and so many funny gags that are so much, they're organized so much better in mm-hmm. Ragnarok than love and thunder. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't want to talk about love and thunder any more than, yeah. Oh, we did a whole episode on it, which was not, it was fun cause we got to talk about it, but it was not fun cause it was like, we all hated it. Yeah. Um, but, and then uh, we, we hated it so much that Walter ended up hating it too. Even though he liked it at first. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I think we did that with Hannah, too. Because <laughs> she yeah. was on it. Yeah. Anyway. Um, have you seen Boy? No. I'd, I I want to. I want to see that, too. Yeah. We should check it out. So, I don't... Boy was very popular in New Zealand before yeah. um, Hunt came out. So I think... Um, yeah. I don't know. I feel like... So, What We Do in the Shadows was the very first one from Taika Waititi that I... I had ever seen that was actually with you. You had hosted like a movie night. It was the first night I met Jess too. Do you remember oh, that? Yeah. 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 I yeah. I remember I had, that. Like yeah. it was right after we graduated and I hadn't moved, uh, from Arkansas yet. And so, but yeah, so I don't know. And so in my time. mind it's like, it, it holds a special place in my heart for that reason because it was like that was such a sweet night like it was a good night first night i met jess um so so it's hard to like top that i think for some reasons but humber walter people is really good and i don't know i think i've enjoyed all of his movies though except for love and thunder but i'm not blaming him for that sure it'll be interesting to see if there was anything vfx wise or um, production-wise, that got you know maybe the story got yanked away from him. I bet sure. maybe it, it's very possible that it did because Marvel's dropping the ball big time. Um, yeah, Disney is too. We gotta we'll talk about that more later, kind of later in the year when we do our Marvel meltdown. But <laughs> Disney's struggling with um, you know Pixar's like not in the game. Spider Verse has taken over Super Mario like kind of taking over animation and elementals not getting good reviews it's very interesting what's the rut disney's in right now mm-hmm. yeah marvel meltdown and disney dysfunction there you go that's Love the it. name of our episode whenever we do it yeah so. coming later this year yeah. um <clears throat> thank you for listening if you made it this far our 
art is by Macy Lummis. Our theme is by Corden Jocks. Corden Jocks has new music out right now on Bandcamp. Go check it out. And what else? What's our next episode? Oh, that's a good question. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'll look real quick. I don't remember what our next episode while you're, is. While you're looking, I'll final, final Hunt for the Wilder People facts. New Zealanders are called Kiwis. That was one thing I, I kind of wish I'd mentioned earlier because um, it's mentioned a couple times throughout the movie. And then 150 people were on the chase scene, and they got the military to like actually participate oh, in the movie, which cool. is pretty cool. Well, I mean, not from like a military industrial complex standpoint, but from we, it's different because it's, it's different. New Zealand military. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so our, technically our next episode is going to be Indiana Jones. Okay. So. Brushing up on them now. Got to finish Last Crusade to tonight. Finish all of I've never seen any of them. Did, I, did you know that? Uh, yes. Also, okay. Yeah. I mean, don't feel like you have to watch all of them. I really mainly want to watch the first three. Shia, the Shia LaBeouf one, I'm not worried about seeing. You could even watch. I mean, I I did I do really love Temple of Doom, but you could um, get away with just doing one one in Last Crusade. That's what someone else said too. Someone else told yeah. me that. Like I just Last Crusade watch. might be my favorite. I haven't really? finished it because okay. Jess and I started last night. Um, might be my favorite. Okay. All right. Yep. Yeah, no, so the slate of movies we have coming up are Indiana Jones, Mission Impossible, Oppenheimer, and Barbie. So, uh, all of the summer blockbusters, so I'm really excited about this, this slate. Gonna, I was just talking really about fun. this last night, of how much fun it's going to be, so, yeah. so yeah. Be a good time. We'll talk to y'all soon. Thank you for listening, and uh, please remember to rate, do, review, and subscribe. Rate, review, subscribe, and give us a five-star review on Apple. It helps us out a lot. It does. And we'll see you next time on Dial of Destiny. Ricky Baker, you are 13 years old. You're a teenager. Your heart is made of gold. Okay, I'm stopping it there. Thank you.